good. I mean, even before playing for the Crunch, with, when I was with St. John's for four or five years, I loved coming to Syracuse. But it's such a hockey, hockey city and hockey arena, like that old school arena. I played some of my best games against you guys with St. John's. But, you know, playing for the Crunch, the city, I really enjoyed it. The guys were all really good guys. I mean, Tampa Bay, Syracuse combined, they, they, they're first class all the way. They take really good care of the players. I mean, playing in Syracuse is nice because I'm close to home in Toronto. I get a, any day off. It's only about four or five hour drive to go home. And, and we play Toronto a lot. The travel is really good. So I really enjoyed my time there. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Savali. It's great to be with you today on episode four of Crunch Chronicles. And we've got a great one in store for you once again here today. Our guest on episode four of Crunch Chronicles is former Syracuse Crunch goaltender Eddie Pasquale. Eddie Pasquale, of course, played parts of two seasons for the Crunch. Very recently, in fact, only a few years ago, uh, we enjoyed Eddie's presence here in Syracuse. He spent the uh, at least part of the 2017-2018 season with the Crunch and then played the entire 2018-2019 season with the Crunch. Eddie Pasquale is a Toronto native who spent a lot of time in the American Hockey League. A large chunk of that time was with the St. John's Ice Caps, and that's where I think everyone really first got introduced to Eddie Pasquale as an opponent. He had some really good seasons with the Ice Caps. Uh, his best year uh, in the AHL, though, before he came to Syracuse, was really his first year in St. John's. He had 23 wins that year. That was a 2011-2012 season. He had an excellent year for the Ice Caps that year, but he spent four seasons in St. John's. He spent one one year in Grand Rapids with the Grand Rapids Griffins. Of course, he was uh, a part of that team that won the Calder Cup in 2017. Actually played against the Crunch in the Calder Cup final for a game uh, in 2017. In 2017-2018, he was with the Edmonton Oilers organization. He was with the Bakersfield Condors. As you'll hear from Eddie during our conversation with him in just a few minutes, really wasn't a great situation for him. There was some uh, some things that came up. They added a new goaltender. Uh, in the midst of all of that. And so he was really not getting the playing time. He wasn't in the right situation during the course of that year. Remember 2017, 2018, that, that crunch team got off to such a slow start. They made a trade early in the year. They brought in Louis Deming. He was great for a couple of months. And there was an injury in Tampa Bay with Peter Budai. And so Louis Deming went up and all of a sudden there was all sorts of goalie moves that needed to trickle down to Syracuse because Connor Ingram, while he was a very talented rookie goaltender for the crunch, wasn't quite ready necessarily to be the number one guy and playing day in and day out. The Crunch really didn't have a backup goaltender. They were ready to, to stick in the lineup uh, to give Connor some, some rest once Louis Deming went up and once Peter Budai uh, was healthy. They really were all up in Tampa Bay. Anyway, so the Lightning went out and got a veteran goaltender as a backup, they uh, or, or at least to come to Syracuse, and that was, of course, Eddie Pasquale, and he came in and was just dynamite for the Crunch down the stretch in 2017-2018. 15 games for the Crunch, 10-1-3 record with a shutout as well, a 1.72 goals against average, and a 938 save percentage. Tremendous numbers uh, for that stretch of hockey for Eddie Pasquale. The next year he came in, he had some, uh, he w- weren't sure really if he'd be back in the organization, if he was going to go overseas. He, as you'll hear again, had some offers to go overseas. Uh, he ended up sticking in the organization for another year and really grabbed the number one goaltending job by the reins 
in 2018-2019. The Crunch's 25th anniversary season. He had 27 wins, a, a career high, 27-12-6 record, 2.35 goals against average, and a 9-16 save percentage, four shutouts along the way, and he helped lead the Crunch to the North Division title. He was just so good, though, uh, for the Crunch throughout the course of that season. We know how good that team was, and Eddie was certainly a big part of it. He uh, he and the Crunch won the Harry Happ Holmes Award as the uh, team with the, the best goal against in the regular season. He was a big part of that, and uh, really just a fun guy to have in Syracuse for his year and a half that he was here with the Crunch. In total in his Crunch career, 60 games played for Eddie Pasquale. He was uh, 37-13-9 with a 2.20 goals against average and a 921 save percentage. Those are really impressive numbers. His 37 wins are tied for eighth in franchise history. So, you know, he wasn't here long, but he made a very quick and immediate impact, and he was just a great goaltender. And the fans certainly got behind him. I I vividly remember, uh, especially as that 2018-19 season wore along, the the chance of Eddie, Eddie in the stands, and just a a joy to watch him play. And uh, we were very fortunate to have him in Syracuse for the year and a half. And he's a guy who, as you'll hear coming up here on Episode 4 of Crunch Chronicles, certainly enjoyed his time in Syracuse as well. Playing here uh, in the city and in this building, uh, he thoroughly enjoyed his time with the Crunch. With that, here is Episode 4 of Crunch Chronicles with former Crunch goaltender Eddie Pasquale. Uh, pretty good. I'm just in, in Russia in Yaroslav playing in, uh, in the KHL and our season just started, so on the way with hockey again. Yeah, it's an exciting time of the year, I guess. Uh, the KHL obviously starts a little earlier than the leagues here in North America, but uh, it, I'm, I'm sure it's good to get back in the groove and, and uh, back in the swing of things in another season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, over in uh, in Russia in the KHL, we do a long training camp, so it's, it's about two months, so it's good to get that over with and, and start playing games. Yeah, you, this is your third year now in the KHL. It feels time is flying. I tell you, it feels like you were just here, you know, a couple of months ago, and yet you're on your third season now in the KHL. What's it been like uh, so far with your experience there? It's different for sure. I mean, my my first year, I was lucky. I was in Kazakhstan, and we had a lot of imports there because there's no import rule, and uh, it felt more like North American there, just with a lot more guys speaking English. And then last year and this year, I mean, Yaroslav Lokomotiv, it's a a big Russian team, so. I mean, last year I was the only North American on the team, so that was kind of tough. This year we have Reed Boucher, who's in Utica, so it's nice to have a North American on the team just so he can speak English this summer. Yeah, Reed Boucher, of course, a name that Crunch fans uh, know all too well with his time with the Comets, like you said. And uh, how challenging is it uh, to, to be in a situation like that where you, maybe you only got Reed Boucher you can really talk with? Are, are you picking up the language, though? I guess you, I'm sure you have to at some point. Yeah, I know just like, you know, good morning, hello, goodbye, little little words like that. But it's nice. It's nice. Some of the Russian guys, they speak English a little bit. I mean, it's kind of broken English, but it's enough to kind of get by if you really need something. So the language barrier definitely is it, it is challenging, but it's you just kind of deal with it. Well, year three for you. How does the KHL compare with the AHL? I know the, the, those two leagues really do get compared quite a bit. I, I know you make, uh, I'm sure the payday is a little bit better there in the KHL, but how does it stack up with uh, with the leagues head to head, you know, on and off the ice? Uh, I think it, it's totally different hockey. The KHL, everyone thinks it's a big skill league, but it's really defensive. It's a lot of structure and and a lot of like one goal games, one nothing, two one shootouts, overtime stuff like that. 
American Hockey League, I, f- I feel it's more physical, more more net drives, more more contact fighting, and a bit more open, more scoring chances in, in, in the AHL. But both leagues are pretty competitive, very good leagues. Yeah, and you spend a lot of time in the AHL, of course. Uh, two years with the Crunch, which you'll get to uh, in just a bit. Third year, though, in the KHL. Last year, you had a really good year. You were the KHL goaltender of the year. Uh, how would you describe uh, your season last year? Yeah, it was, it was a tough season to begin with because I, I came into camp and played the first exhibition game and, and hurt my knee and was out for about a month and a half. But, I mean, I came out once I got once health, I was healthy. I played really good and just had a lot of confidence. Our team was really good last year. We're, we're more of a defensive team than most teams, and we, we play with a lot of structure. So we limit a lot of the scoring chances, and that's what kind of keeps your numbers really high, save percentage and goals against it low. And uh, it looks like we're going to be the same sort of team this year. We added a bit more scoring up front, so hopefully we can score a bit more and win a few more hockey games. What's it like right now uh, with, I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic uh, right here in Syracuse at the AHL. It's, it seems like it's full steam ahead uh, in the NHL, I'm sure, as well. But what's uh, what's it like there? And what was it like this past season? Last season, it was kind of weird. It, was, it goes by regions. I mean, in, in Russia, it's so big. It's different regions. Like Moscow gets hit pretty hard with COVID because it's such a dense population. Like It's kind of like Manhattan, a lot of people in, in downtown. So they're limiting the amount of fans they can come. But our city where I play in, in Yaroslav, it's... It's more of a blue collar city. It's not a lot of people. So I think I think this year we're at fifty percent capacity. And I think you have to be vaccinated for fans to come to the games. Okay, excellent. Well, it's good to hear, and uh, hopefully everyone uh, there here, everyone trending in the right direction, and and soon enough we'll get back to that hundred percent capacity. That's I know that's the goal with every team, uh, not only in the AHL and the KHL everywhere. So uh, fingers crossed for all of that. Well, let's uh, let's shift our focus to uh, to your time here with the Crunch. Uh, two seasons in Syracuse for you, Eddie. You were here uh, in the second half of the 2017-18 season, then uh, full time in the 2018-19 season. Uh, two really good years uh, for you and for the team over those uh, over that time uh, just uh, a broad stroke uh, w- you know how would you describe your your time here in Syracuse with the crunch I loved it I mean even before playing for the crunch with when I was with St. John's for four or five years I loved coming to Syracuse but it's such a hockey hockey city and hockey arena like that old school arena and I played some of my best games against you guys <laughs> in St. John's but you know playing for the crunch the city I really enjoyed it the guys were all really good guys and I mean, Tampa Bay, Syracuse combined, they, they, they're first class all the way. They take really good care of the players. I mean, playing in Syracuse is nice because I'm close to home in Toronto. I get a, any day off. It's only about four or five hour drive to go home. And, and we play Toronto a lot. The travel is really good. So I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, what stands out to you the most? Uh, you mentioned a lot of things there. Obviously, the you know playing in the in that building, uh, Upstate Medical University Arena, great spot to play, uh, close to home, good organization with Tampa Bay. What stands out the most? Uh, whether it's any of those things or or something on the ice, off the ice, whatever it might be. What stands out to you? I think it was the fans. I mean, that rink room. I mean, before COVID, obviously, when I played there, when it was sold out, it was sold out in that rink, and just the way the rink is, it. It just feels like there's double or triple the amount of people in there screaming and yelling. So it's just a good hockey city, good hockey rink, kind of that old school arena. And it, it was always fun to play there. The attendance those couple of years, great teams, a lot of fun to be a part of that for sure. We'll dive into uh, some of the nitty gritty of that a little bit later on. We'll, we'll start, though, with uh, with year one, 2017, 2018 for you. When you, you joined the Crunch, you were acquired in a trade. Uh, the Lightning picking you up. You came over from 
the uh, Bakersfield Condors, and and really the second half of that year, you were great. You were ten one and three in Syracuse, a one point seven two goals against average, a nine almost nine forty save percentage. What clicked for you when you you joined the team from Bakersfield and you joined Syracuse, and really went on a great run the rest of the year? I just think you know it's nothing against Bakersfield. I just don't think it was the right fit for me out there. We had a. Uh, and Edmonton picked up, I think, Al Montoya on waivers, and they sent Laurent Bressois down. And the coach really liked him, so he was playing a lot of games kind of in and out of the lineup. So it was just like it wasn't a good fit for me personally. So it was almost like once I got the call from Julian saying, hey, we traded for you and acquired you, it was almost like a stress relief. It's like, okay, someone wants me. You know, I, I, I'm going to go there and play hockey games. And I know that Connor Ingram is a young goalie, so it's like, okay, you're kind of that mentor. There's a chance to play, and it was just like a – a reset to the season and, and it paid off. How important is it to, to be in that right frame of mind? I guess you said it wasn't maybe the greatest situation for you in Bakersfield, but you come into, to a new organization, a fresh start. You're, you're eager, ready to make an impression and you have that clean slate and, and uh, a, a positive mindset. How important is that for a player, whether it's a goalie or anyone in, in, in hockey? Well, it's huge. I mean, the game's all mental. There's the difference between like when I started in American league, yeah, you had the older guys that, you know, they put up a point a game. It kind of came natural to them. And then, then you had young guys. But now the league is so tight from the best players to the to like maybe the third, fourth liners. Everyone's skill and has and can make plays, score goals and stuff like that. In order to get to the American Hockey League, either in juniors or in NCAA, you had to be a top player. So the competitiveness is, is so is so high in that league that that mental advantage, just being in the right situation, being confident, getting a chance to play, that, that makes or breaks a player. Going back to that 2017-18 season, you joined this team and it was so young. I mean, there was regularly Cruncher dressing eight to ten rookies a game. uh, And yet the team was so talented, so exciting to watch. And by the time you got there, they had really started, you know, you guys had hit the stride after a slow start to the season. How much fun was it to play on that team with guys that were that young, but that talented and that eager to to learn and grow? And and that's kind of what the group did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I guess I was the older guy back then. I always thought I was still kind of young, but you know, BG is the coach there. Ben, Wally, he, he runs a tight ship. He's really hard on the players, but you can see, look at all the young players that have gone up and helped Tampa Bay out because he's a good coach and he's really hard on the young guys, but he's just pushing you because he knows what you're capable of and he wants to get the best out of his, out of his players. And it's a learning curve coming from juniors where you're, you're the star player, you know, you kind of have a big leash. You can go do whatever you want on the ice and then you turn pro. It's, it's tough to adapt to that. And especially playing for BG, he's really hard on you, but in the long run, it pays off for guys. Yeah, that team uh, in 2018 won a playoff series. You swept the Rochester Americans in the first round. You, you'll end up uh, dropping to the Toronto Marlies in the second round. The Marlies went on to win the uh, the Calder Cup. But uh, overall from that year, what impressed you about that team and, and uh, the talent that was there and, and what you know might have been if you didn't run into a team as, as good as the Marlies? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the way that, conf- that division is, you're going to hit the Marlies and probably every year in the second round just because there's they're always going to be there they're always deep with with their players but it just shows how well the organization tampa is with drafting players and finding i mean tampa bays are never getting high first round picks and they're still drafting really well and finding guys 
that maybe teams overlook in developing them. And, and it just shows that they're, uh, them as an organization, their scouting staff, how much time they put into the players. All right, let's uh, shift to your second year now in the organization, 2018-2019. And, and that year, you, you really grabbed a hold of the uh, the number one job here with the Crunch. You played 45 games. Uh, it was a, a, such a fun team. Uh, again, a really talented team on the ice. You win a career-high 27 games, though, that year. 27-12-6 and six at 2.35 goals against 9 6 16 save percentage uh, from from that year, a year that ended up in a division title for the Crunch. What do you remember the most? Well, we had a really good regular season. It just we ran into that into Cleveland in, in playoffs. I remember that the most. But yeah, it was a fun year. I mean, we had a good group of guys. Everyone gelled together, and we were rolling in the regular season. Uh, you win the uh, ended up coming out with the uh, Harry Hap Holmes uh, Memorial Award for uh, for leading you and the Crunch leading the way in terms of uh, fewest goals allowed per game uh, in the American Hockey League. What did it mean to you? I, I know it's it's a goalie award. It's also a team award. But what did it mean to to come away with that award that year? Yeah, it's special. It just means you know the guys were sacrificing blocking shots and and defense first, clearing the front of the net. So it's I, I just like you said, I looked at it as a team award. Just everyone committed to defense. The team was so good. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Why was that team, though, so successful? I mean, it was it was such a good, as we just talked about, defensive team. They could score a ton as well. Uh, it felt like, you know, obviously on the road trips and whatnot, felt like a very tight team. Why was that team so successful throughout the course of the regular season? I just think we had, we had a good mix of older guys and young guys, and everyone gelled. You know, everyone liked each other. Everyone wanted to be at the rink, be away from each other. At the, at the when we left the rink, everyone wanted to be together. They had their own little crew. Like the young guys would be together, the old guys would be together. So it's kind of like a big family, and we just gelled well. How important is that for a hockey team? I know we we do talk about it a lot, but it, it it can't I don't think be understated how how valuable that is for a team to be successful, right? To have a team that uh, not only can play on the ice but gets along well on and off the ice to uh, to lead to that success. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I've been on teams where I mean, I don't want to say guys don't like each other, but you go to team parties and you get there's always different guys. Like you have the young guys that normally hang out, the junior guys, the older guys that normally hang out. But when you do the team parties, everyone comes together or, you know, one of the older guys, kids birthday, everyone shows up, brings a gift and it's just bonding time. And that goes a long way. You just get to know the guys away from the rink where you can kind of relax. It's not a practice or a game and you you get to know the guys. It was such a a tight race in the regular season between the Crunch and the Rochester Americans. Uh, Division came down to the last weekend of the regular season, the last matchup against the Amherst. We'll talk about that game in a moment. But, you know, with a a race in a division that was that tight, how fun was it to play that year where every game mattered? Every point was valuable down the stretch. Uh, How much fun did you have playing in those high-intensity games throughout the course of the year? Yeah, that, that, that's all. That's the best part of the game. I mean, some teams, you know, you can go on a roll and you just walk into playoffs and you're kind of locked your spot in the standings. Nothing really matters anymore. Just kind of stay healthy and and just be ready for playoffs. But it's more fun when you gotta you gotta compete every game and every point matters. And that's how you build teams and you build championship teams like that. Do you remember that last game against the Amherst when you clinched a division? It was in Syracuse. Uh, I think it was the game 75 of 76 of the year. And uh, it, the division really was, if the Amherst won, they probably would have won the division. The Crunch ended up winning the game. It was a back and forth game. Uh, do you, what do you remember from that game, if you remember it, and, and the energy in the building throughout the night? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. And I hate to say that. But, I mean, 
I remember every time we played Rochester, they're always close games and hard-nosed games. I mean, they're pretty chippy, lots of scoring and lots of chances. So they're always highlight real games every time we play them. Yeah, well, uh, it, it was it was an exciting game for sure. I, I know it came down to the last couple minutes too. It was a tie game. Carter Verhage scored uh, pretty late and uh, the Crunch won it 4-3. to three. Uh, Clinched the division that night. But like you said, uh, uh, ran into a very good uh, Cleveland team in the, uh, in the opening round of the playoffs for the Crunch. Well, we're talking about that team though, and it was so good defensively like we mentioned but there were so many weapons offensively as well uh we mentioned carter verhage we'll talk uh, about him again as well he's a, a guest we just had on the show recently for you you practice against those guys every day and it was a team that boy they could score what was it like practicing against uh, those guys and, and how do you think that you know helped you as well yeah, it was tough. I mean, those guys, you had like Conacher, uh, Verhage, Stevens, Joseph, all those guys. Well, Joey, when he was down, but all those guys can score. And I mean, I knew if they were scoring on me every day, it made me had to elevate my game so I could stop them. And it just gave you that sense of calmness in a game where if you're down late in the game, you knew these guys were capable of going out and scoring a goal because they would do it every day on you in practice. So you never got worried if you were down a goal or two because you knew you had that, those weapons. Do you remember who had the uh, the most dangerous shot, the hardest shot to read out of those guys in, in practice? I'd probably say Verhege or Conacher. I mean, Conacher, for a little guy, he just bowled by you. Verhege kind of had a, a weird release where he kind of like changed it up on you a little bit. Yeah, he had 34 goals that year, Carter Verhege. He led the team with 82 points. Like we said, just had him on Crunch Chronicles a week ago. And uh, he, obviously, he's made a big name for himself now. The NHL had won the Cup with Tampa Bay two years ago. A very good year with uh, with the Florida Panthers last year. Just signed a three-year contract extension with the Panthers. Uh, what, what did you, you know, you saw him for two years in Syracuse, and, and obviously his career is starting to take off. What what do you, uh, maybe a thought about Carter Verhage? He's all he's always a good player you, you could see you could see he had the skill and it's just like I said like me and Bakersfield you had to be in the right situation at the right time obviously Tampa Bay they have their big guys locked up in long-term contracts and there wasn't really space for him so him going to free agency signing with Florida he got more of an opportunity there and, and it's paid off he's done really well for them and now he's got the big contract to be excited about Eddie Pasquale our guest here on Crunch Chronicles as we uh, talk about his uh, two years with the Syracuse Crunch a 2017-18 season and the 2018-2019 season in that second year for you here with the organization you, you got your call up to the NHL you made your NHL debut that year uh, you ended up playing three games with the Tampa Bay Lightning winning two of those games what did it mean to you to, to make it to the NHL and, and get in three games that year? Yeah, it was big. I mean, I, I played a long time, I think nine or 10 years in the American Hockey League before I got a chance to play a game in the NHL. So it was one of those things like, you know, from I was excited to play in the game, but for my family, my parents, you know, they fought, came to all the games, like watching the games online and coming whenever they could. So for them to be able to come to the game in Detroit, the first game, NHL game, it was pretty special. Curious, having earned that chance in the NHL, you get three games and, and then you, uh, you know, that was that last year here in North America. Now you've been in the KHL for a couple of years. Did that influence your decision at all to uh, to head over to, to Russia to play in the KHL? Uh, having, you know, made it to the NHL, got a couple of games in and now, now it's maybe a, an opportunity to look for other chances elsewhere. Yeah, that, that was the big thing. I mean, I had, after the year in Grand Rapids when we won the championship, it was I had offers in Russia to, to come over, but I always, I mean, obviously the there's the pay is a little bit better in Russia because it's it's the best league in Russia. But I always wanted, you know, I played so long in the American Hockey League, I wanted a, a game in the NHL, and then after my first year in Syracuse, I was offered again to come to Russia. 
it was really convincing, but I, I still wanted that game. And then once I got those games, it was like, okay, now it's, now I can go over to Russia and see, see this part of the world and in this league. Yeah, it's very exciting for, for you. What has it been like, you know, as we kind of shift our, our focus away from your time in the crunch, we'll circle back one last time as well. But uh, what's it been like to, like you said there, explore the, you know, see other parts of the world, other cultures. What has that experience been like? Well, it's a big eye opener first. Like it's a huge change. Obviously, my first year in Kazakhstan, that was a big change. But Kazakhstan's a really nice where we played was in North Sultan. It was a very nice city. All the buildings were state of the art. Our arena was really nice. And then it's just different. Like the travel is a lot farther. We have a team plane, so we're traveling, and especially in Kazakhstan, a lot of three, four, five hour, five hour flights, and a lot of time changes. And some Russian cities aren't the greatest that you're going to. Some are really nice. Moscow, Saint Petersburg, you're going to really nice places. And just seeing different parts of the world, it's pretty cool. Everyone, I think, has their uh, welcome to the KHL moment or something. What What was your, okay, we're here, we're in the KHL. What was that moment, if you have one, uh, for you? Uh, my first day, I flew. I got married, and then they gave me a week at home because training camp already started. They gave me an extra week to stay home. And then I left, uh, I left Toronto. It was like a... 23 hour day travel time change basically flying to the other side of the world and i land i go to in russia there's a it's called the baza it's really like an army base where they they keep all the teams together you normally do training camp there so i got there after traveling 23 hours in one hour of being there i was on the ice already (laughs) no warm-up just boom right to the ice and i was just i was completely out of it being on a plane for 23 hours yeah that that sounds uh not fun (laughs) well i I guess like we said everyone's got that uh that moment and there it is for you but uh uh, certainly worth it in the end uh, as you're now in year three in the khl and certainly sounds like you're enjoying uh the experience there as we uh, turn back to uh north american uh, hockey uh, you talked about you know you played a long time in the AHL. You know, just a, a general thought on on the AHL, what it means to, to players and, and how valuable, you know, for you and for all players that that experience could be in the AHL. I think it's great. I mean, I think every player should go to the American Hockey League before going to the NHL just because you learn to appreciate everything. I mean, once you make it to the NHL, you get the private plane. Everything's just you're treated like gold there. The American Hockey League, you got to work for everything you got. You got to work for every opportunity you got. Guys that have been in the American League for five, six, seven, eight years that have dominated that league, and you're a young guy coming in, and you get to learn from these older guys. And it's a, it's a great hockey league. It's very competitive. It's every night you're one call away from going to the NHL, so the league is very, very competitive. Do you have a favorite moment from your time in Syracuse off the ice uh, with with the team, or any uh, anything funny you'd like to add uh, from from your time here? I enjoyed my time in Syracuse a lot. I love the city there. I love going to the mall and after practice, just walking around and, and going downtown. And I love the city. It was, it was a lot of fun playing there. And uh, we'll, we'll leave you with this one with, uh, yeah, I know you touched on, you know, playing here, playing in front of the fans, but any, uh, any last word or message to uh, the crunch fans as we uh, gear up for another season here in Syracuse? Yeah, I'm happy you guys. I heard, I've been talking to some of the trainers. I heard the fans are coming back to the rink next year and that's exciting. And, you know, I hope you guys have a good year this year, and, and, and it's nice that you guys are back in the rank and can cheer the fan, uh, the team on. All right, this is Eddie Pasquale, former Crunch goaltender, two years in Syracuse, uh, now in his third season uh, in the KHL. Eddie, we appreciate your time here today. Thanks for doing this. Good luck uh, as your KHL season just gets underway. Awesome. Thanks for having me. 
was Syracuse Crunch goaltender Eddie Pasquale. We certainly appreciate him giving us some time here on our show this week on episode four of Crunch Chronicles. Uh, we very much appreciate it because it, we we talked to him a couple of weeks ago now uh, prior to this uh, coming out. But it was right at the start of his season of the KHL, as you heard at the start of the interview. And, uh, you know, he, he gave he was so open, so ready to talk at any point. And he said, you know what? It's easy. We can. I've got a game with the time difference. It's great. You know, you'll be midday. I'll be getting home from the game. We can talk then. And so our conversation happened right at the end of uh, a game that he played uh, that earlier that day. So, uh, again, our thanks to Eddie Pasquale, who was just a, a fun guy to talk with and to have on the show. And he's in his third season now in the KHL. And we wish him the best there again this season. Coming off of a year in which he was the goalie of the year in the KHL. And uh, really enjoying his time there in year number three. So we wish him the best. We uh, always appreciate catching up with Eddie Pasquale. And I know I've said it a couple of times already, but just such a joy to have in Syracuse over his couple of years. He was a a very fun personality. Wasn't... wasn't you know the 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 biggest talker when he was here when he was on the air on interviews or whatnot but um, nevertheless you could get a sense of his personality anytime you talked with him off the air in the locker room whatever it might be and uh, hopefully we brought some of that out here today and we uh, do want to thank Eddie Pasquale once again for joining us on Crunch Chronicles that was episode four the previous three episodes are available right now wherever you're listening to this podcast. Maroon, Carter Verhage, J.T. Brown, not in that order, but uh, those are the three episodes uh, so far, so we hope you enjoyed those three. If you haven't listened to them yet, go back and listen to those as well. Feel free to rate and review the show. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're you'd like us to do better in the future. We've got another fun guest next week as we uh, hit October next week, and uh, we think you'll enjoy next week's conversation as well. If you have any uh, suggestions for upcoming guests as well here on Crunch Chronicles, you can always reach out to me via email lfavali at syracusecrunch.com and we'll do our best to get uh, all of these former Crunch players on the show in the next few weeks and months as Crunch Chronicles rolls right along. October is here, everyone. If you're listening to this on time, we are, uh, we are knocking on the door of October less than a month away from the start of the Syracuse Crunch season. Hope you can join us for the Crunch's home opener on October 23rd. That'll do it for us on this week's edition of Crunch Chronicles. Thanks again to Eddie Pasquale for joining us. We hope you join us again next week for another great guest right here on Crunch Chronicles.